Welcome to Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the psychological challenges that many successful women entrepreneurs face while building their businesses and how they have overcome them. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson, and I'm very happy to welcome to today's show, Vicki Dallas. Welcome, Vicki, and thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be on the show. Vicki, I'm going to share a little bit of your details, so much to tell, but I'm going to, sh- for our, our listeners, Vicki Dallas, the founder and shareholder of Dallas Innovation Law, APC, uh, DIL is a corporate business attorney with over 35 years of experience. DIL provides bespoke legal services to clients specializing in sell side MA, starting up an emerging, emerging company representation and outside general counsel services. DIL serves clients in a broad range of industries, including manufacturing, distribution, medical devices, technology and apparel with a particular focus on sports and active lifestyle, consumer products, sports um, and consumer technology, e-commerce and beauty. Vicky is an AV preeminent rated by Martindale and Hubble, is the consulting editor in tax of the Rudder Group California Practice Guide, Corporations is on the legal task force of the sports and fitness industry and a legal mentor to San Diego sports innovators and general counsel of women in sports tech. Vicky is a former corporate partner and shareholder in two major regional full service firms. DL provides personalized and exceptional corporate and business representation strategic and practical legal and business advice and counsel, and creative, responsible, efficient, and cost-efficient, sorry, cost-effective legal solutions. Welcome, Vicki. Um, could you, would you share with our, um, would you um, share a little bit about your growing up and, um, um, and the, the, the choices you sort of made to become an entrepreneur? Sure. Uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida in the 50s. It was like growing up in the Caribbean at that time. It's changed quite a bit, as you can well imagine. Mm-hmm. My parents were, um, they were both immigrants from Greece. My father had left Greece as a teenager um, to escape the tuberculosis epidemic. And he uh, boarded a ship. Uh, his dad put him on a ship and he spent years uh, traveling all over the world as a cook finally ending up in New York City before World War II. Uh, He joined the Army, and that is how he became a U.S. citizen. Hmm. So uh, he went and fought in the war. Actually, it was funny. He went to Europe and came back. And then after the war, he was living in New York, where a relative uh, told him about my mother, who was uh, in Greece, and uh, arranged for them to get married. And so they, uh, she flew to, to Nassau on the Bahamas to marry a man she didn't know. She had written wow. to him for about six months. And uh, they got married, moved to Miami, and uh, they were married for over 50 years until my father died. So it was quite the love story um, and uh, quite different from how marriages uh, come together these days. But 
amazing that that they stayed married for 50 years and had a very happy uh, family life and uh, had my brother, who's a year older than I am, and myself. So it was the two kids. And uh, we lived in Miami in a large Greek American communi uh, community. So it was it was a lot of fun growing up. And um, was it was the community important to you as as growing up and also as your family in terms of a support system? Yeah, my my parents were very social. And I, I remember uh, we'd have people over playing cards or my parents would be going to other people's cards playing poker as I was growing up as a kid. Sometimes in the summers, we would go to the beach and they would play cards and all the kids would play together. So it was a very um, social, interactive type of an environment, primarily with the Greek community, although both my brother and I were athletic. So when we were in school, we were both in sports. Uh, and ultimately, I became a cheerleader in high school. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was a great way to grow up, and uh, it was a different time period, obviously, very different from how kids grow up today. But I think it really did make a difference in in how I approach life and how I feel that almost you know whatever you put your mind to, you can get done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Could you share a bit about your rich and full career choices that brought you to um, your law firm that you just start that you started? Sure. Um, my my parents always wanted us to go to college. Neither my mom or father um, actually went to college. Uh, and uh, it was very important for them that both uh, their son and daughter have that opportunity. So it, to me, it was always, um, yes, I was going to school. It was a question of, you know, what could we afford? And so it became clear when I was in high school that I would be going to a junior junior college, which I did. And mm -hmm. after college, went to a, a Florida International, which was new at the time. And uh, after uh, after four years, I got my degree in uh, in accounting and uh, business. I had always wanted to do something business oriented. And I have a bit of a practical orient uh, to, to my personality. So I, I figured accounting would be something that would, you know, would be good for me no matter what I decided to do. So I, um, once I completed my four-year degree, I decided I would go to law school, and I, I applied to uh, Florida, to Florida uh, in Gainesville, University of Florida, and was accepted right away. And uh, spent the next three and a half, four years getting my law degree and getting my LLM in taxation, which set me up, I thought, for you know a really great career in in corporate and uh, business world, which is where I ended up going, and which is where I really wanted to be. Mm hmm. And where do you what do you account for your independence, practical social side? You know, it's interesting. I think both my parents, because of their own life experiences, leaving home at fairly young ages. Uh, my father, young, a lot younger than my mother when she left, but she did marry someone she didn't know. So both of right. them, I think, were extremely independent and even though I, I never really thought of them as risk takers when I was growing up as a child, you know, looking back, they were. Uh, and even though it was a different time, it was still, I think, very uh, ambitious and and very independent of them to to actually do what they did at that young age and move to a to a new country to start a new life with people that they didn't know. So. I think that that probably unconsciously permeated into my personality and has stayed with me to this day. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. It was a really courageous move on both <laughs> their parts, maybe maybe a little bit more in your mom's that she came all the way over. But it also is interesting that they stayed so close to the community, the Greek community in Miami, which kind of gives, I guess, the social piece 
or in any event, influenced you being social growing up. It did. And, you know, it also gave me a sense of belonging somewhere. We had, Mm -hmm. um, we, the the church community in Miami uh, really did have a large base. And a lot of the kids weren't very, I mean, they were Greek American and did have a life in in the American community. So we didn't grow up in little Greece, if you will. We Mm -hmm. were really Mm -hmm. Greek Americans living a full American life, but all of the kids really liked each other and we would you know get together twice a week uh they would take trips we would have field trips so it was a very social environment for the kids too and i think that that uh you know i I still am close to some of the kids who i grew up with today and i know my brother is as well and you know and i think you and i talked about this during the pre-interview but the the fact that you had such a close-knit group of friends who were like you also kind of has helped you, I guess, look at the different choices you've made in terms of being in more sort of traditional law firms and then moving to your own business and working with emerging uh, companies and I'm sure founders as well. That's absolutely true. I I think that uh, I realized early on, particularly in the type of law that I wanted to practice, that it was not something that I could really go out, hang up a shingle and do on my own straight out of law school. So mm-hmm. I was fortunate. I started at a CPA firm in Orange County for two years in their tax department, which allowed me to actually spend time learning tax since it's something mm-hmm. that you really have to do, uh, not just learn. And then mm-hmm. when I left to join the law firm, I was the only female in their corporate group. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Amazing. So, and stayed that way for num- yeah, a number of years and, and became the first female partner in that law firm. Uh, and I, I was there for over 30 years before I left to join a second firm in their corporate group as a shareholder. Uh, and I stayed there for about five years. But I think that that was a great foundation point for me uh, to actually start my own firm. I had worked with a lot of different people. I had seen a lot of different skill sets. I had learned a lot on my own. I became pretty self-confident in my ability to learn what I didn't know and be able to, uh, to, to put it together so that I could effectively represent clients. And, uh, you know, when it, it finally came time for me to move, I think I was ready. And uh, I would not have been there 30 years before, but certainly after learning, you know, and applying the rules that I learned growing up through my career, I was definitely ready to, to do my own thing. So being self-confident has been always on board for you, it sounds like, or would you say it grew with time and experience? I would say it grew with time and experience. You know, I think everyone in their first position, including myself, particularly when I first joined the law firm, uh, you know, you you know what you don't know, uh, but you you really don't know what you do know. And so, you know, there's always some apprehension and uh, concern that you want to do well and you want to prove yourself and you want people to like you and you want to be respected and and be knowledgeable in your field. So I actually had developed what I call my five golden rules. And I I think some of them came out of my time in the CPA firm. And then they, they kind of evolved as I spent the next 35 years in law firms. And I'm happy to share them if you'd like to hear them. I would love, you just beat me to the question. If you <laughs> feel comfortable, I'd love to hear them. So my, the Dallas five golden rules. I think the first one is never stop learning. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the partners in the CPA firm, when I was in my twenties told me this, uh, he, he said, always reserve time at the end of the day to learn something new. Uh, it sharpens your skills. It helps you feel productive. 
It keeps you from feel, feeling overwhelmed because it, it makes you feel like you're on top of your game because you're, you're learning something new every day and then you're applying it. And I, I really think that was an important lesson. And I think it's important to, to kind of remember that. You know, and particularly mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the world we live in today, there's so much information out there. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to kind of get lost in it, but never stop learning. That's one of my first golden mm-hmm. rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is to keep an open mind. Um, don't judge other people harshly. Try to review a situation from all sides. Uh, this is really important because as, you know, as entrepreneurs and, and as professionals early on in our career, we we kind of feel like everything is personal. And anytime someone criticizes mm-hmm. you or tells you something uh, that, you know, you feel picked on. And I I learned early on that I really needed to keep an open mind that when someone was giving me input or advice, uh, that it was not personal, uh, that I should view it, you know, from their perspective and understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how I can apply it and make myself a better person. And I guess that that goes to never stop learning. That's part of keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the next one is not to lose your perspective or your goals. Uh, It's pretty Mm -hmm. easy to get distracted by life. So, you need to figure out what keeps you balanced and that's easier, <clears throat> much easier said than done, but right. you know, you have, to, you have to find it. And for me, uh, I like to exercise. Uh, I ride a horse. And so I, I find that if I, if I stay exercised and, and uh, keep, keep myself fit, uh, that helps me maintain my perspective and kind of mm-hmm. keeps, uh, keeps my goals in mind. So I mm-hmm. think it's important that you figure out what that is and, and actually spend time uh, allow some time to do that. It's important. Did you know that from early on or was that kind of a curated skill as you got older? Exercise courses? No, I've always been athletic. I I always found that I like to be outdoors. And, uh, I always, when I was, when I was a kid, even if I wasn't playing sports, I would go for a walk and, uh, it was just a good time to just kind of walk, think, just kind of, rebalance. And I, you know, I've always been that way. Uh, fortunately, you know, we've lived in areas where it was easy to walk. I, I don't know what it would be like in an area where, you know, you didn't have that available to you. But for me, I was lucky. And, and uh, I found early on that I like that. And then I, I like exercise. So that that's something that's important. But for someone else, it might be music, playing a musical instrument, it could mm-hmm, be reading, mm-hmm. yoga, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever works for someone is what right. you should do. Number four. Number four, never, ever burn bridges. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. So that, that's one. Anytime I have done, I've burned a bridge, I've learned to regret it. So, you know, now I, that's why I say never, ever burn bridges. You just simply don't know <clears throat> uh, what I really believe that what goes around comes around. So it's it's always better <clears throat> to avoid making enemies. So you know, my view is always be friendly and professional. You want people to remember that about you. And if they do, they'll want to work with you. You know, one of the biggest compliments I received in my legal career was when a a partner who I really respected from a large international law firm actually told another partner of mine that I I was the consummate professional and that he really respected that. That was Mm -hmm. a really great, Mm -hmm. great compliment that I will always Mm -hmm. remember. And I I think that comes from being friendly, being professional, you know, don't, don't cross people, don't burn bridges, don't stab people in the back. It's just not a smart thing to do. And do you think you had some of that on board growing up or that was something learned? 
through. I think it was something learned, uh, you know, watching, you know, as, as girls, you see other girls talking about other girls behind their mm-hmm, back. And then, for sure. Yeah. You, you know, so I think that, you know, as I probably learned that as a child, but it, it became imprinted even more as I, you know, as I started my career and watched other people, um, particularly in, in my early career, for some reason, the, the philosophy in those years was it was a zero sum game. So <clears throat> someone, if someone won, somebody lost. So you saw mm-hmm. a lot of that stabby in the back mentality. And I, mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I think it's bad. It's not, it's not good for, for anyone to engage in that right. kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help with drive either and motivation, does it? Not or at all. It, or makes it, or makes it even more, I guess, competitive. Uh, I and number five. And number five. Number five. My the fifth one is, and this kind of brings me to where uh, I came to to start Dallas Innovation Law, and that is when one door closes, another door opens. So take advantage mm-hmm. of your opportunities. So, you know, we always have scenarios where we like to see them play out a certain way and then they don't and then you get you know you think oh gosh now what and then if you just keep your eyes open and your mind open and uh you don't lose your perspective you will see that there are there's another opportunity right around the corner and you ought to take advantage of it and that's that's what i did with dallas innovation law after five years as a shareholder in the in the second law firm that i was involved with with I realized that it wasn't the right place for me. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't like the billable hour, billable collection mentality and focus. So, you know, I, I stepped back and said, okay, I think it's time for me to do my, my own thing. And I had an opportunity to move in with a, a law firm that I, I work with quite a bit and uh not to join them, but to actually, you know, house with them, if you will. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And, and I took advantage of that opportunity and uh, and and did it. It's been over three years now, and it's been great. It's interesting because uh, the office actually hasn't really been fully functioning for a year and a half because of COVID. But you yeah. know that'll change. But I so I recognize. Go ahead. So there goes your independent streak, also being really wanting to go out on your own and be on your own. Exactly. So I understood through the years that the clients that I really enjoyed working with were the startups and the early stage companies. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really do that in a large law firm because there's generally a lag between when you do the work and when you can get paid because of the nature right. of the starting. So going out on my own gave me the opportunity to actually work with a lot more clients, uh, particularly in the sports and consumer technology area, which I really mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And I, in the lifestyle companies. So uh, that's what I focused on. And I, I do a lot of, you know, consumer and sports technology work. And I work with an intellectual property firm for a lot of those things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's worked out great. And fortunately for me, my clients, I've had clients for over 25 years who followed me. Uh, and I actually, I'm doing M&A work for them right now, mergers and acquisition work, uh, generally sell-side acquisition work. So I've been able to do the traditional corporate work, which you would see at a larger firm. But because Mm -hmm. law has changed and has geared more towards a boutique practice, you know, it's a lot more clients would rather have a super experienced lawyer uh, who is not billing at the really high rates that these large law firms are billing at, but has the experience do their work. So... So I've been having a nice blend of M&A work, 
um, emerging company and startup work, and then outside general counsel services where clients rely on me to uh, to basically be their outside legal firm uh, mm-hmm. instead of bringing somebody in-house. So it's been great. I've enjoyed it. And uh, I feel very, very fortunate to be in this position, quite frankly. Of course. And let me ask you this. Do you feel like... Um, in part, your clients pick you because you fit in with them or vice versa? You feel like you fit in with them? I think my clients know I really care about them and their business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think they, because of the years of experience that I've had, that I have a a practical and strategic way of thinking Mm -hmm. about problems Mm -hmm. and business problems. And I I think that in, in, in many cases, they will just call me to just run something by me, not because it's a major legal issue, but because it's a strategy issue and they want to get my input on how I think it fits in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's just because of all the years of trust that's been built up and the fact that I really do care about my clients and their business. Uh, it's not just a billable hour to me. And that's why I think my law firm is so successful. And I, you know, I'm not intending to grow it into a major firm. I don't want that. I, I you know, I'm happy mm-hmm. where I am. But I, I do look for clients that want that type of relationship with their attorneys. I mean, basically to be part of the team, uh, not to be in-house, but to be an outside resource and an outside counselor, both from a business strategic and legal point of view. Um, we're coming, believe it or not, towards the end of today. That went really fast. <laughs> it did. Um, I wanted to ask you one other question, and that was you shared with me growing up that um, you didn't necessarily want to do what someone told you to do. And do you think that that was something that um, helped you develop your mindset for success or sometimes was difficult, sorry, difficult? And would you pass it on as something for new entrepreneurs to think about? I, I do. I think it was very helpful. I mean, I think that you have to kind of stand a little bit aside and think about what path you want to take and not what path other people want you to take. And I think it's particularly important, you know, for us as parents, and I have a daughter who's in her 20s now who actually has followed in my footsteps as a corporate lawyer. But, you know, I think wow. parents have a tendency to want to, to actually guide their kids to do a certain thing. And I think it's important to let everybody make their own decision as to what they want to do, assuming that they have, you know, the the, the guide, the expert, the understanding of, of what they personally want to do in life. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you do need to provide some guidance. But I, I do think that that was, you know, that was important. Great. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on today, Vicki. If our guests want to hear more about you, where can they find you? So please check out my website. It's www.dallasinnovationlaw.com. There is a contact me uh, page. Uh, Please feel free to to contact me at any time. I'm happy to talk to whomever, you know, wants to, to, you know, has any questions or wants to share an idea or wants to know how they can set up a company. Um, I'm happy to spend whatever time you need, you know, sharing my information and my expertise. So please feel free to do so. Great. Thank you again so much, Vicki. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.